Stay tuned for Love Talk as the three love ladies in the studio, Carrie Brinketer, Kathy Enderbrock, and Evelyn Davison. Love talking today about getting along with almost anybody. Thank you, Gavin. It is exciting for us to be here in the beautiful studio of KTXW, uh, The Bridge, and we are building bridges of love and leadership and uh, engagement as we, uh, as the Lord has just planted us in a season of loving and caring and goodness and kindness. And and yet uh, we are in a, a time in America today when things are very shaky, and uh, even uh, as we... Uh, I have talked and prayed all week about this program. We're going to be talking about some tough issues today. And I am Evelyn Davison. I'm Coach Carrie Brinkater. And this is Kathy Enderbrock. We're glad to be here, ladies. We sure are. Are you really? Uh, I am so happy to be here. You know, I. it's just so different than being back in Boise, Idaho, in my master bedroom closet with the door closed <laughs> and skyping in. <laughs> So and you can so wear nice. sleeveless clothes here in Texas, Kathy, not like in Idaho, where you have to wear a coat. <laughs> We're happy to have you, Kathy, too. It's so great to be in studio with the three love ladies. Well, uh, that's what we're all about. We want to love talk about those things that that make life difficult that we have to deal with every day. And we all have those people in our life at one time or another when we have difficulty uh, loving them and caring for them. You know, and I love this is the one thing that I think of just immediately is that God made us to be conquerors, right? Now, conquerors Mm. don't avoid conflict. They don't avoid difficulty. They face them head on. But I love it. You know, yesterday or um, our our, our last show talking through all of those principles makes a big difference that, you know, we can love talk regularly, love talk honestly and tenderly and positively, and we can still be these individuals that stand up and stand firm, but Mm -hmm. do it in a positive way. And how incredible is it to make an impact in someone's life where you take a negative situation and turn it towards the positive? I love how we talked about last time, Kathy, how conflict is inevitable, but it doesn't have to be negative or destructive. We can use that conflict to to show Jesus and just like you said, to turn it into hopefully something that is positive. Sometimes when you have conflict with somebody and you work it out, you, that relationship is so strong mm-hmm. because you've had to go through something that was a, that was difficult for the for the both of you. And then you look back on that and you go, man. Wow, we we got through that, and what and what a joy this relationship is now, and it doesn't always turn out like that. It doesn't always turn out like that. But I do like that for those conflict situations, for those difficult people, they don't have to make your life miserable. They do not right. have to take away your joy. They do not have to make work miserable. Right. And if you're telling yourself, "I would love work except for all of the people that are there," okay, <laughs> this show is for you. We want to talk to you right. Where you're at because you need to love work you need to love where you're at you need to love right where God has planted you and we want to help um, share with you the things that we've learned from God's word um, about how to get along with almost anybody tell you what la- uh, a couple of weeks ago um, after one of our shows Miss Evelyn took Kathy and I over to the state capitol and we participated in um a prayer meeting of sorts, uh, a, a group of Christians at the Capitol getting together for lunch, and it was and it was quite lovely. But after we were leaving the Capitol, we're walking and we're walking back to our parking garage. Mm. And listeners, I was with Miss Evelyn, who you guys know is 85 years old, and I was with Kathy, and then I was with two other ladies who were probably in their mid 60s ish, I would assume. And we walked past a homeless man who asked for our attention. Had I been by myself, listeners, I, I probably would have kept walking. It would have probably been one of those times where I, where I would have said, no, thank you, and I, and I would have kept walking. Maybe um, just out of ignorance or, or I don't know. That's probably just what I would have done had I been alone. One of the ladies that we were with, she grabbed this young man, and I kind of get emotional when I talk about this, who was obviously not threatening. He, he, he just wanted a minute of our time. She literally put her arm around him and said, oh, honey, it's too hot out here to be in the sun. Let's go over here to the shade. And she put her arm around him and tenderly, lovingly brought him to the shade. 
And he went on with his presentation. He wanted to sing us a song. And he did a lovely job. And as we were listening to the song, Miss Evelyn over here was even clapping along with the song. And I stood in the back and I watched these ladies as they love walked tenderly with this young man as he was as he was actually asking us for a tip um, if we enjoyed his song. When the song was over, Miss Evelyn looked straight at this young man and she said, what does Jesus mean to you? Listeners, he just started crying and he verbalized um, what Jesus meant to him. And it was so sweet and it was so tender. And then Miss Evelyn quoted this verse to him. She said, and his name was Mr. Dukes. I can't remember his first name, but I've been praying for Mr. Dukes. So she said, oh, honey, John fifteen sixteen is for you. She said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. And this young man, he just stood there and he cried. And I just think about his situation and that he does know Jesus. I really do believe that that young man knew Jesus. Mm-hmm. And Miss Evelyn, I have to tell you that that situation blessed me so much. More so than the talk at the Capitol, um, more so than the show that we had just done, because I looked at you and these other women. Other women have love language that spoke to that young man, mm-hmm. and you were, you you were getting along with anybody. <laughs> and that brings us to our first point for mm-hmm. today, to love, listen. That's what you ladies did that day. You looked that man straight in the eye, and you love, listen to him. Um, all of our other points have been to love, talk regularly, or love, talk honestly, love, talk tenderly, and love, talk positively. But it is so important in conflict resolution or just with anyone mm-hmm. you meet, like Miss Evelyn showed me that day, is to love, listen. Sometimes, girls, we just got to listen all the way down to the bottom, all the way down to the bottom. We may not even have to say a word. You know, we're not asking you, friends, to, to choose people to be around that are difficult. That's not what we're saying. You know, we can choose people that we love to be around. But in those times when we can't choose who we're around, it's so important to have these love principles of love talking and love walking so that we can uh, do our best to resolve conflict the way Jesus would. Um, love Listening In Proverbs 1, 5, it says, let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. It says here, folks, that we're to listen, to add to our learning, to listen as much as we talk. So, Miss Evelyn, how do we slow down long enough to really apply this during conflict is this behavior. Ann Carroll says that we've got to listen with compassion and grace and that we have to be listening to a person's behavior. If they're acting out of character, we need to step back and say, hold on, hold on, hold on. I need to listen and I need to watch what they're doing. How, Miss Evelyn, how do we, when we're in conflict, how do we step back long enough to ask ourselves, is this behavior consistent with this person's character? Well, first of all, you have to go through the gate of compassion and uh, not put ourselves on an uh, elevator uh, that raises up above the needs of people that the Lord is going to bring into our day, our life every day. Every morning I pray, Lord, bring to me someone today that I can uh, just really pour my heart into, that I can help, that I can encourage, I can build up. Bring someone today where we can be who it is that Jesus would be to them. That was Mr. Dukes a couple of weeks ago. Mr. Dukes. And when we listen, I mean, when we have a compassionate heart for for people, my husband's heart is much more compassionate than mine. He, in the summertime, he takes an ice chest in his truck as he's delivering good news journals. And when he comes up to a light and someone's standing there with a sign saying, I have... Hungry babies at home, he gives them a bottle of water and a dollar bill. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't do that. Uh, I, once in a while I will, but I just that's just not part of my ministry. My ministry is more like opening the door, and that's what I thought we did with Mr. Dukes. He, um, 
uh, he was very um, shy to a degree, mm-hmm. but he was bold uh, in uh, in the second degree. And it takes sometimes you have to listen with your eyes and listen with your ears and with your lips. Mm. And so you just don't manipulate the conversation. Uh, that's why when after he's saying, uh, it was time for me, we had listened to him. Mm-hmm. And he had a beautiful voice. He did. He did. Uh, it was time for me to engage him. And so that's kind of what um, I think uh, to love listen is, is to be aware of your surroundings and just keep your ears open and your eyes open and then speak as the Lord would tell you to speak. And sometimes that's that's kind of hard. It said at its core, listening with compassion is simply obeying the biblical command to die to self. That's from John twelve twenty four twenty five, and so we have to consider people who are at that point that they need help. And he was not asking for money that day. He just it just became obvious, and and so I you know I I did what Van normally would do. I pulled out some money and gave it to him when everybody else did too. But these are exciting times when we think about where we are and what God wants to do. You know, and I love the principle of of just shining for Christ. I mean, you know, he does tell us that we're on a light, a light on a hill. And um, I, I, there's a, I always forget what you call an acrostic, acrostic. I always want to call it an acronym, and I don't even think that's the <laughs> word, but an acrostic. If When we want to shine, just S, smile. It's so, just uh-huh. ladies, and that will transform. Form what is going on in your heart when you smile. It does impact the chemicals in your brain, and it it, it will. So, um, when you encounter someone, smile. And H is have a helpful tone. Don't go into a situation um, demanding and commanding. Go in with a helpful tone so that your the tone matches what your what what your words want to convey from your heart. And realize that when you're shining, that you are investing. Think about what seed you can plant or um, or what plant that's mm-hmm. growing within them can you water. And then N is for now. Be present with that person. Don't be thinking about the laundry list. Don't be thinking about what you have to do next. Be present now with that person. And, and the E in shine is for eye contact. Look that person in the eye. Let them know with that smile on your face that you're interested in in where they're at and what they have to say so we can get out there and shine for God's kingdom brightly. I don't know about you, Kathy, but with our personalities, you know, being bold people, I think this one, love listening, is something for me that I have to really, really work on because I just want to interject in there. You know, I want to say my words. I want to get my thoughts out. <laughs> and, uh, you know, love listening is something that I really, really have to work on. Listeners, we are so happy you are with us today. Please stay with us through the break as we talk about our second principle today for getting along with almost anybody. I tell you, you won't want to miss it. Join us after the break. Stay tuned for Love Talk with the three love ladies in the studio, Carrie Brinketer, Kathy Enderbrock, and Evelyn Davison. Love talking today about getting along with almost anybody. Gavin, thank you so much. We want to thank Gavin for, he does such a great job keeping us on track in here. He's got a big job keeping three ladies on track, <laughs> I tell you what. Thank you, Gavin. <laughs> Welcome back to today's Christian Talk 1120 The Bridge. I am Coach Carrie Brinkader. We're here in studio today with the lovely Kathy Enderbrock and the love lady herself, Miss Evelyn Davison. We've been talking about how to get along with almost anybody. And our first love lesson today was to love listen oh my goodness friends this is a hard one for me when I just want to say all my words but Davis Mathis, David Mathis in Desiring God says good listening requires patience it is an act of love when we sit and look somebody in the eye and listen to what they're struggling with it is an act of love good listening also requires that we ask the person open-ended questions um, you know, we can interject questions into a conversation that other people can answer and can feel comfortable answering. Um, 
good listening is also a ministry. It's about your body language, not sitting there with your legs crossed, your arms crossed, or slumping down in your chair, looking around the room, but really looking at the person and taking interest in what they're saying. Good listening, oh, friends, it it reflects our relationship with God. Um, We may have to listen to someone's pain, like I said before, all the way to the bottom. And you know what? That's okay because it really humbles us and it teaches us a lesson about ourselves when we listen to somebody all the way to the bottom. Oh, goodness. Well, here we are at principle number two for the day, Kathy. And... Well, principle number five. Number five total, yes. I'm so sorry. Yes, you're correct. Principle number five. Okay, and leading right into that is how to, principle number five for getting along with almost anybody is love talk lightheartedly. Now, between Proverbs 15 and Proverbs 17, we get these two things. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And a joyful heart is good medicine. So we want to spread uh, um, gentle words, and we want to to spread joyful hearts. And so we can do that when we love talk with individuals, and we can love talk lightheartedly. There's um, this incredible quote by Mahatma Gandhi, and he once said, if I had, if it had not been for my sense of humor, I would have gone mad long ago <laughs> in the face of such disharmony and hatred. And I'll tell you, you know, sometimes we kind of feel like we are surrounded by disharmony and hatred. And laughter sometimes is a great way to deal with that. You get a, it changes your perspective and, um, we always want to mix in humor, never humiliation, mm-hmm. never humiliation. We would never want to humiliate our spouse or our children or our coworker or our subordinate. Never, ever, ever. Let's mix in a little bit of humor. And I, I, again, when we talk about personalities, sometimes some of us are a little bit uh, better at that. I know that humor is uh, that's hard for me. My husband, however, will have you laughing all night. And I do believe that's why I married him because <laughs> really, didn't matter what was going on through, because we were high school sweethearts and through high school, college, everything, I tend to be a stress head and he would just get me laughing, laughing until I just felt so much better. So fun to be around those kinds of people. Yes. I'm naturally drawn to those kind of people because I'm I'm not naturally a witty person, and I have to kind of look for the joke in things um, because I do have a tendency to be, I guess, maybe a little bit more serious. Although I am super silly, and my kids can 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 tell you that. <laughs> um, there's a little story that kind of helps illustrate what we're talking about here. Alex is retired, but he still likes to go up on the roof and clean his gutters. His wife, Angie, has told him time and time again, uh, kind of in a nagging way, that it scares her when she goes on her, goes up, when Alex goes up on that ladder. I can just hear it now. Alex, it scares me when you go up on that ladder. So, you know, <laughs> no, I, no, you I have to say that five times. Right, right? five times, yeah. right? Yeah, or six or seven, right? Yeah. Because, you know, we can't just say it once. That's right. That's right. Can't get your point across just saying it one time. So today, instead of in her usual kind of complaining way, she yells up to him, you know, Alex, it's husbands like you who turn wives into nags. (laughs) And of course, Alex kind of thinks that's funny. He's like, oh, okay. All right. And comes down from the roof. I love how she kind of diffused that situation with anger instead of nagging, nagging, nagging. I tell you what, my mom and my brother are great at this. My mother has the biggest laugh, and and so does my brother. He is so fun to be around, and we're going to be around them in a couple of weeks. It's going to be my parents' 50th wedding anniversary, and um, we're going with the whole family on a trip, and I'm so excited because it's always so fun to be around my mom and my brother. My brother owns a business, and he can diffuse a situation that I would probably think was going to cause some conflict. He diffuses it with laughter and a joke, and he's so good at it. And so I love being around him. Um, I think that sometimes we try to use humor to cover up 
our mm-hmm. emotions, right, Miss Evelyn? Like we're we're about to get angry about something, so we can use humor to cover up that anger. But like Kathy said, we don't want to use it at another person's expense. And humor is never used to tear down or divide. It's used to build up and unite. Um, I, I do a good job about making fun of myself. I mean, many times I'll call myself like an awkward ostrich because I'm really <laughs> tall and skinny. And, you know, I, I kind of look gangly when I do things. And so I don't mind if people kind of poke fun at me. My daughter calls me like a wimple pimple or something because I won't, because I won't get in the swimming pool when it's cold. You know, things like that. I don't mind that. You know, poke fun at me all you want. Um, you know, sharing that mutual laugh together, I think, is what can be really, really fun. Ephesians 5.4 tells us, Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. And, Miss Evelyn, I love this about you. Proverbs uh-huh. 15.13, A glad heart makes a cheerful face. I always see you with that lovely, cheerful face. You're sweet to say that, Carrie. There are, there are days I have to tell the Lord, Lord, give me a new face today. We're in the process of writing a new book. It's called Praising and Praying Across Texas. No, I'm sorry. That's the one we just wrote. That's the one it's, we just wrote. That's yes. Right. Praising and Praying Across America. And... Uh, I, I've, all week I've been thinking of people that I know that are different from me uh, in in regard to how we approach life. Because it is important for us to work together, and, and the Lord calls us to do that. But, you know, a cheerful heart, uh, a glad heart, one that is blessed, one that expresses thanksgiving, has a cheerful heart. And, and I've just been blessed so much in my life to do the things that I've been able to do. But, you know, I think about Sarah. Uh, Sarah, in her old age, she, she was 100 years old, Yes, ma'am. came upon a situation that literally shocked her. She and uh, Abraham had no children. And they had prayed and prayed and had taken matters into their own hands and had done a lot of things. And and God blessed her with uh, a pregnancy at 100 years of age. Now, that takes a great sense of humor, girl. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Walk out one day and say, what am I going to be doing? I'm going to be wringing out diapers at 100 years of age. But, you know, it, it's important for us to know that... There, there is a difference between uh, silliness and, and, and laughter and a light-hearted uh, spirit. And that's, that's what we have to do. Look at life, not just burdened all the time by the, by the burdens that we have, but every day put out a blessing basket at our front door. Because the Lord says every day, every day. He will give us goodness and mercy. And goodness is kindness and love and mercy is is that thing of miracles that he works in our life every day. You know, and I love that, you know, when Carrie interjected here that a verse in Ephesians that let there be no filthiness or foolish talk nor crude joking. You know, I, I don't and I, I, I don't even know if this gentleman's a Christian or not, but Jim Gaffigan is a comedian and he does not cuss. He, you know, he's like almost um, a white Bill Cosby or something. He's got tons you know? of kids, which is yeah. hilarious, and he always makes his jokes about his family. And, and he has kids. one wife, you know, yes. the same one so uh-huh. far. You know, God bless him. <laughs> and uh, so I love, you know, I believe that there's a lot of, of comedians out there who, you know, every second word out of their mouth is a curse word. And I just think, oh, my gosh, you could be so much funnier if you would really focus on your wit and not rely on all of these horrible curse mm-hmm. words to shock, because basically oh. they just shock people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can have humor through shock value, or you can have true humor that bubbles up from an incredible perspective and great wit. And and I, you know, I just I'm like, Lord, okay, bless me with that. That's I would love to be blessed with that. <laughs> well, I think it's all it's something that. You know, I've been thinking about as as we prepare these shows and we look at um, getting along with almost anybody, it, it's caused me to pause and think, okay, everything doesn't have to be so serious. You know, uh, we don't have to be so serious about sweeping that floor. We can make it, you know, joyful and, and happy. We don't have to be so serious about those things. And so, you know, love talking um 
with the, with a joyful heart is is something that some of us struggle with, but I know some of you listeners are great at that, and I love spending time with people who do a great job at love talking lightheartedly. Oh, friends, today is so fabulous. I can't believe we're already halfway through our show. We have two more wonderful points to share with you about getting along with almost anybody. After the break, you won't want to miss it. We have two more great points, and we'll share those with you. Today we've talked about love listening and love talking lightheartedly. Join us again right after these messages. Stay tuned for Love Talk with the three love ladies in the studio, Carrie Brinketer, Kathy Enderbrock, and Evelyn Davison. Love talking today about getting along with almost anybody. Welcome, welcome, friends. We're so happy you are joining us today on today's Christian Talk, 1120 The Bridge. We don't know where you are. You may be across the country. We are here in the beautiful studios in Austin, Texas. I am Coach Carrie Brinkater. Ms. Evelyn Davison and Kathy Enderbrock are here. Evelyn, we've talked about so many wonderful things about getting along with almost anybody. So you're going to take us through our principle number seven today. Well, this one's probably the most important ones of all because we need help in doing that. We do. I think the enemy of Easter brings people into our lives every day that will detour us and put us in the pits or kick us out in the dumps in the dirt. And uh, so we have to have a connection with the one who made us, the one who loves us, one who gave him his life for us. And so that is... One of the most important principles of all is to love talk prayerfully. And in 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray continually. You know, James teaches that. Uh, we just don't, you know, maybe once a week just say, hello, God, I'm here. Tell me what i got to do next and help me do it. But every day we should rise with a prayer on our lips so that we might hear from the one who loves us and prepares the day for us. And we can't settle all these fights ourselves. We're in a nation right now where everything seems to be crumbling. I'd mess it all up if I tried to settle it myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and we look at this. We look at the issues of life, and th- they become so serious. We is- we look at the issues of education, like we mentioned, I think, last week about the, uh, the Bible Fellowship, the Christian uh, after-school programming has been under... Uh, attack for years now and in Ohio I think it was they came back and made the school district pay the lawyer fees because they were robbing these children of their rights Mm -hmm. and so when we're in a fight for rights sometimes it is awfully hard to get discouraged and say well what point will it be if I vote what difference will my vote make it makes a lot of difference and so we've got to change our attitude and in that we go to the Lord Jesus and ask him to give us the strength, the power, the knowledge, and the want to to fix things. Because this is when we're living in that gutter of getting along with almost anybody. Mm-hmm. There's so many things we have no control over, Kathy. Mm-hmm. And so I want us to talk about the prayer of desperation, of anger and pain. How did God take that and transform that in our life? You know, I think anything that we're able, that we bring to God... He will either multiply or he will transform. Hmm. And so if if it is uh, something that, that you are walking through that is a continual, continual um, thorn, as, as Paul presented it, he talked about a thorn in his side that he that he brought to the Lord. I think that when when we go to the Lord in, in desperation and anger, I always rely, I actually have this verse. Um, hanging on my wallets from Philippians chapter four of verses six and seven, and um, I have this hanging on my wall on this big. It's like a, a five foot by six foot tapestry, um, and it says, "Do not be anxious about anything, mm-hmm. but in every, every situation, thing. by prayer and petition with thanksgiving." 
present your request to God. Okay, so it tells us what to do. And now it tells us what God is going to do. It, with verse 7, it says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Okay, the way I say that, the peace of God, which will blow your mind. Okay, <laughs> that's, Fill your basket. That's right. That that peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will, it will always, it will guard your heart and your mind in Jesus Christ. And so you can know that when you bring this anger to the Lord, when you bring these desperate prayers and this pain to the Lord, he will receive that. You can trust him to work out all of those things, and he will give you that peace to cover your heart and your mind. Now, maybe you may have to go back to him several times during the day. I know that I have been there before where it's almost a moment-by-moment thing. Um, But if we continue to seek his kingdom first, when we continue to seek his righteousness first, that is for to do the right thing, then God says all of these things are going to be added to you. And so I love over and over again, he tells us what to do. And then he makes us this beautiful promise of assurance Mm -hmm. of what he's going to do with those difficult things in our life. And and Paul, um, you know, Paul was someone, a heart that God transformed amazingly. Mm-hmm. Paul was a murderer. He, he murdered the first martyr, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul was holding the coats for everyone who was throwing the stones mm-hmm. to stone this man who loved God, to stone him to death because he was going out and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And, and God took that dark heart of Saul and met him on the road to Damascus and transformed his heart to be Paul, someone who who built church after church and, and led ministry after ministry and trained pastors and, and did so many incredible things for the kingdom of God. And, and so Paul writes to us in Philippians chapter 2, verse 4, it says, Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Mm. <laughs> and I love how the New Testament always ties together because, you know, what is the great commandment that that reminds you of? Love the Lord your God mm. with all your heart, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Look out also for the interests of others, not only your own interests. That's such a great and worthwhile instruction. And and God does work on our behalf to help us find peace with each other. He is this incredible mediator, especially with marriages, wives, husbands. If you are dealing with a conflict, you grab each other's hands and you go to the Lord God who gives peace and who mediates between people. And... Um, And he promises to step in and build peace. And he says in Proverbs 16, 7, If a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies be at peace with him. Wow. I pray that every day. Wow. So that is something that we can go to God's word and we can see these things that he wants to do in our lives, in our families, in our workplaces, in our nation. And then we need to make a choice and we need to act on that choice. There's this one uh, this one uh, comedian, he said, there were three birds sitting on a wire. One uh, decided to fly away. How many birds were left? And we said, well, two. He goes, no, 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 no. there are still three one just decided to fly away, but he still has to fly, okay? He still Doesn't has know to how. Fly. And so, you know, listeners, we love it. We tell you this, when you decide these things, then get out and fly and walk them out in your own life. I, I tell you what, Kathy, I love what you just said. You said um, in your marriage, if there's a conflict, to grab hands and prayerfully take that to the Lord. That means even when you don't want to. Oh, yes, especially when you don't want to. <laughs> even when you don't want to. Um, oh, goodness, because no one's perfect. No one's perfect, and conflict is inevitable. God meets us in that prayer, and then we have a choice. When we take things to the Lord in prayer, then we have a choice. Are we going to continue to do it our way, which for me, that typically messes things up, and it's not very pretty, or are we going to do it God's way? 
the other thing that prayer does for us is it soften our heart. It softens our heart. Mm-hmm. When we have a conflict with somebody, typically we're angry. And I tell you, I don't know if I've ever come out of prayer being as angry as I was when I went into prayer. Yeah, that's right? true. True. You know, and it's okay. The Lord says, bring that to me. Go, go ahead, sister. Come on. I, I, I'm going to listen to you. And it's okay to be angry when you go to the Lord and take that situation to him. And somehow, some way, I feel softer when I come out of there. All these rough edges that I know I have are are whittled down a bit and softened a bit. And I can approach things a little bit more, a little bit better. In Psalm 139, 23 and 24, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try mm-hmm. me and know my anxieties. So as I take those things to the Lord, it, it also says, And find those wicked ways in me. That's when those rough edges are softened. Um, I, The Sermon on the Mount is something that I wanted to talk about here when we talk about prayer. It's Matthew 5. Um, the verses I've chosen are Matthew 5, 44 and 45. This is a sermon by Jesus, and it was kind of shocking to most people that were hearing it. This was not a way of life that had been very common amongst amongst the people that he was speaking to. And he says, oh, friends, I say to you, love your enemies. What? Love your enemies? Mm-hmm. And bless those who curse you. Mm. Do good things to those who hate you. And misuse you. And misuse you and twist mm-hmm. your words. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the sons of your Father in heaven. Mm-hmm. Oh, Miss Evelyn, for me, when I was coaching, this was really hard for me, was to try to bless those who cursed me. Uh, you know, I know I had people up in the stands. You know, when you're a coach, oh. you know, everybody's an armchair quarterback or point guard in basketball. And um, I know there were the people up in the stands that were cursing me, saying, ah, coach, I can't believe she didn't play my kid. Or why is she running that play? Or why is she running that defense? Or what is she saying? I can't believe that, blah, blah, blah. And for me, it was hard to, after the game, to look those people in the eye and say, thank you so much for coming today, when I know they were up there saying these horrible things about me. Um, but that's okay because the Lord commands us and not everybody's going to like us, especially when you're in a position mm-hmm. where you um, are easily a target. Um, that's ministers, anybody who is oh, yes. in a leading a company or in a company, anybody who leads a meeting, that's coaches. You know what? That's us as moms. That's our dad. You know, moms are under attack. Parents are under attack. You know, there's so many things that... Um, Everybody thinks their way is the right way. But the Lord says, you know what? Bless those who curse you mm-hmm. and love your enemies and do good to those who hate you because that shows them the love of Jesus as we go through conflict. Oh, girls, today we have talked about so many things already. We have talked about how to love. Listen, and we've talked about how to Love talk lightheartedly and to love talk prayerfully. Oh, friends, listeners, you won't want to miss our next segment. It's our final segment. I can't believe it in our series Mm -hmm. of getting along with almost anybody. Um, You won't want to miss as we come back. We are going to be talking about love walking as you love talk and how Jesus paid that ultimate price for us. Please join us after the break on today's Christian Talk 1120 The Bridge. Stay tuned for Love Talk with the three love ladies in the studio, Carrie Brinketer, Kathy Enderbrock, and Evelyn Davison. Love talking today about getting along with almost anybody. And welcome back, friends. This is Kathy Enderbrock in the KTXW 1120 AM studios. And uh, we are talking today about how to get along with almost anybody. And this is the very last segment. We have gone through our seven principles, and we are on the very last one. And we started off today's show um, talking about love listening. And so this is what I want to tell you. 
listening friends, you have been love listening to us now, and we would love to love listen to you. And so if you visit us on our Facebook page at Love Talk Network or The Bridge, KTXW, or you go to our website at lovetalknetwork.com, Share with us what your questions are, what your perspectives are, what did you like, what did you didn't, what what did you not like. If you have a, a future topic that you would like us to cover, we want you to know that just as you are listening to us, we are also listening to you, and we want to be there uh, as your friend in Christ, as your sister in Christ, to help you as well be successful right where God has planted you. And so that brings us to our eighth principle of getting along with almost anyone. And this is love walk as you love talk. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to walk what we talk, and, and, and we're going to do it because that's what Christ did. Mm-hmm. And when Christ paid the ultimate price for us on the cross, he could have said, okay, well, now your sins are forgiven, but I don't want to have anything else to do with you because <laughs> I'm sorry, but mm-hmm. you just put me up on the cross, and that mm-hmm. was really painful. You caused me to have even a momentary separation with my father that was almost unbearable. I was, it was so difficult for me. I had to sweat blood the night before knowing what was coming up. But Christ didn't say that. Christ did not allow a bitter root to take hold. And so what he has said is, you know, child, not only do I forgive you, but I adopt you. I take you as my own. And I want to pursue you and have a relationship with you daily. I want to walk with you and talk with you daily as long as we both shall live, which, uh, guess what, guys? That's like forever. Forever. Right? I mean, eternal life. He's saying there will not be a time again when we are separated. That is really incredible. And so now, Carrie, it's it's easy to say some of these things when we talk about forgiveness and reestablishing relationships. How do we how do we find the grace to do that when we have been hurt and wronged by another person? I think this is the hardest part, Kathy. You know, we've gone through all of these principles to be honest, to take everything to Christ, to listen. I tell you what, I think this is the hardest part because when you've been hurt. It's our natural inclination to replay it, well, as females, to replay it in our mind over and over and over again. For me, sometimes I'll be like, what could I have done better? Or, gosh, you know, that was really painful. Or, man, he did this or she did that. And the Lord tells us that we have to be careful here. In Colossians 3, verses 13, it says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If you have any grievance against someone... Forgive as the Lord forgave you. The Lord paid the ultimate price, Kathy, like you just said, and he didn't do it begrudgingly. He didn't look at us and, and it, with spite and say, well, I'm going to forgive you, but, yeah. right? We always attach these kind of ultimatums to our forgiveness. I'm going to forgive you, but I've really got to see you making an effort. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to forgive you, but man, if it happens again, right? Now, we do have to guard our hearts, friends. I'm not saying to go out there and be blind. Because when you've been hurt, you do have to guard your heart. Because trust is a big factor. And trust is something that has to be built back up. And that's through a relationship, You don't gain trust or build trust with people by ignoring situations or by saying, I'm never going to have anything to deal with, to to do with them again. We do have to guard our hearts as we build that trust back with one another. And the Lord wants us to forgive and reestablish relationship, but to not be fools. And I know that this is where many people get tripped up and, um, you know, we still kind of want to hold that grudge and hold that grievance. But the Lord says, you are to forgive as I forgave you and to move forward. Stop looking back. Stop looking back. You know, there's no reason to continue to look back at those situations with anger and with distrust. Just move forward. Move forward. Guard your heart as you move forward. But keep putting one step in front of the other. 
One of the things I, th- I think you're so right, Carrie, uh, it is so hard to live today with yesterday on your back. Oh, it's a good point, Miss Evelyn. Uh, and we all have a lot of yesterday. Now, I have more than you girls have. <laughs> <laughs> Just a couple. Uh, but the thing is, is that we don't have to do that because the Lord says he will lift our burdens. If we're yoked with him, he's yoked with us. And a yoke puts two, two things or two people together, and that's what marriage is, that makes you go in the right direction in a comfortable situation where you're not kicking against, mm-hmm. you know, whatever's there. But when we look uh, at every relationship in our life, usually it has to start out with our parents. You know, we look back to how we were trained, how we were reared, what they did to help us to discover who we are, because that's what life's all about. Who am I, and what am I here, and what am I to do, and how can I get it done that would bring honor to the Lord Jesus? So when we look at what everything in our life comes together, uh, Matthew seven twelve tells us, In everything do to others what you would have them do to you. Now, that's called the great love commandment. Mm-hmm. Do to others what you want. That means you've got to give to get what you want. And there's so many ways in life that we do that. We do it by the way we speak, the way we listen. And that's what this whole thing's been about is how do we love other people? Not just get along. But how can you love that person that has misused you or abused you? You do it as the Lord gives you release from the re- and recompense from what happened so that you can pick up your your life and move forward. We cannot live with yesterday on our back. Well, and sometimes those, you know, we have those wounds, and the Lord doesn't want us to let those fester. Mm-hmm. They do become scars, and that's okay. You know, we look back on those situations that have hurt us painfully, and it, it is a scar, but it doesn't have to be an open wound. Mm-hmm. It can be a reminder You know, as we look at that situation of how we could have done things better or how we wish that had gone differently. But, man, when we look back at how that that conflict has been resolved, I pray that we look back at that and go, you know what? I I pray that I showed the face of Jesus Mm -hmm. in the midst of that very painful situation when I was used, when I was misused, when I was abused, when I was when, when I was, you know, just taken for granted. I pray that I was able to show Jesus in that situation. And girls, I tell you what, that's not easy. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I mean, the Bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully Wonderfully made. made. Mm. And God made us with short-term and long-term memory. (laughs) And so we have to know that he put that there so that we could build wisdom and that we could learn and grow. And so I I think that's why getting into God's Word is so Mm -hmm. critical because we can live with burdens on our back or we can get into God's Word and seek Him in prayer and He'll take that burden from our back and transform it into springs under our feet. Oh, yes. So, I mean, I think that's what we want. That that end goal of becoming like Christ is saying, hey... um, Yes, I forgive you, but I will continue, and not a but, but an and, I will continue to pursue a relationship with Mm -hmm. you, a healthy relationship, I like to add. I mean, Christ is, you know, if, if we tell God, God, you made a mistake, you made me a boy, and you were supposed to make me a lion... Um, and I'm happier when I'm a lion, and whenever I, you know, put on the little lion costume, that's when I'm happy. I'm not happy as a boy. Um, God doesn't say, okay, I'm going to make you a lion. He will say, you pursue me. I'm going to show you the boy that I made to grow Mm -hmm. into be a man, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to show you how you're going to be happiest, and I'm going to fill your heart with awe and wonder at the creation that I have made you to be. And so there are things then that in those relationships, as as Evelyn was talking about um, earlier, those expectations, some expectations of man we have to let go of. But we need to get into God's word to see what our expectations of God ought to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as we do that, uh, Kathy and and, uh, Carrie, God fills our heart with goodness. 
Mm-hmm. It, I mean, he teaches us how to do that because we are not good at that. We didn't come with a manual telling us how to get along with a mother-in-law that's not very nice or kids that, you know, just take you for granted. Mm-hmm. Uh, those things we learn through looking at the life of the Lord Jesus. And, and you know, love does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. So, if that's what love is, then we've got a full-time agenda Absolutely, every right. morning when we get up mm-hmm. uh, to pray for the strength and the power and the compassion and passion to be Jesus to a world that's looking for him that doesn't know him. Mm-hmm. And I would say to you today as uh, we come to the close of our program, it is always such a special thing when we're in the studio and we can talk about what love really is. Mm-hmm. Love is what Jesus did at Calvary. Mm-hmm. He gave up his life that we might have life. And while we're here today and you're where where you are, you may be on 183 or you may be in Dallas, Fort Worth, he is as evident today as he was when he hung on the cross and saying, I love you. I have a plan for your life. Would you come to me and let me help you? Not just get along with everybody, but learn to love in a way that you can make a a difference in the world in which we live. And that is our call, our challenge to you today. If if you've got that broken heart, you've got that bitter heart, give it up. Ask the Lord to take it away. And begin to practice every day that in the morning you put out a basket at your front door where the Lord can pour his blessings into that. And you can pick it up and give it away. Because mm-hmm. that's what love is. It's giving away the things that are valuable that the Lord Jesus had planted in our life and gifted us with. We would like to make it possible for you to have a Bible. If you don't have one, you can go uh, call us on the love line at 249. That's 512 Two four nine six five three five, or some of the other helps that we have. And if you'd like a list of these, uh, how to get along with almost anybody, we have a really good handout for that. And if you'll write us at P.O. Box one seven zero zero six nine, Austin seven eight seven one seven. Uh, 0069, we'll be happy to send that to you. But girls, thank you. It's been a great day today. And thank you, Gavin, for helping us. And thank you to all of those wonderful sponsors that we have that make it possible for us to be here. But I pray that you strike the hour on the hour. Every hour of your today will be filled with love talking and love walking with Jesus.